How far would you go to bring your daughters, kidnappers, and murderers to justice? Most of the time you read that families are relying on local authorities to track down such people, but not Miriam Rodriguez. When Miriam's daughter went missing and was subsequently murdered in 2012, Miriam took it upon herself to track down those responsible. Good morning, and thanks for tuning in to episode 23 of Mystery, Murder, and Magic. A lot of numbers. Yeah, we're getting on up there. Close to 5,000 downloads. I bet by the time this one hits, it'll be 5,000. Probably. Because we're only like five away right now. Yes. But, um, you know, we're, we're back from taking a little break last week. Ready to get back into it. And we kind of have a funny story before we get started this morning. Yes, we do. So, uh-huh. Alex. <laughs> Alex wanted me to make some homemade ranch dressing because he likes it on his potato. Okay. It's really delicious. So, I took the buttermilk out of the refrigerator, and I I shook it up, and then I opened it to make sure it still smelled okay. Because you know how buttermilk is. It can be past expiration date, and you can still use it. I mean, not like months or years after the expiration date, but, you know, just a, a week or so. So, then I sat it down on the counter, and I was going about cooking dinner. We were having steaks and potatoes tonight yes. and um so i go to get the buttermilk again to pour some into <laughs> the uh measuring cup and i shook it up not i i didn't realize that i hadn't screwed the cap back on next thing i knew <laughs> there was an explosion of buttermilk like on my face in my hair i had to change shirts she walks into my room she said, look what happened. I'm like... <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it went down, like, the front of the stove. <laughs> it was all on the floor. I'm like, oh. And I keep smelling it. Like, I, I need to wash my hair really good because I, when I went in the bathroom and changed clothes, I looked in the mirror. And I had, like, a spot right up here in the top. And then I have little drops, like, all through my hair. I'm like, ugh. But anyway... So, that's how my day's going. This is how I am as a human. Um, but anyway, let's let's um, get on this and go on with episode 23. Twenty-year-old Karen Alejandra Salinas Rodriguez went missing on January the 23rd while trying to merge into traffic. Two trucks pulled up on either side of her and forced her to stop. Armed men broke into her vehicle and they drove off with her in it. Now, weeks after she was kidnapped, her family took out a bank loan for the ransom money that they were demanding and then followed every instruction that they gave them down to the letter and i read too alex that this is such a common thing Mm -hmm. in the area they live in that they have special bank loans for ransom money i didn't even know that was a thing of course they do um but anyway so during the following months um the people that had taken her strung the family along while they kept demanding more and more money and they kept promising to return her now after a while of this the mom her name is miriam she woke up one morning 
and she told her other daughter that she knew that Karen wasn't coming back and that she wouldn't rest until she had found the people that was responsible for Karen's disappearance. And she had this plan of hunting them down one by one, and she said that she would do it until it, you know, as, as long as it took until the day she died. Now, she didn't go all into this like all willy nilly. She had a plan. She had a good plan. She did have a good plan. She cut her hair short. She dyed it. And she had these different uniforms and fake IDs that she would use to disguise herself. She disguised herself as a poll worker, like at the elections, um, a health care worker, and as an election fi- official so that she could get names and addresses of these people. So, I mean, she was really smart about how she was doing it. And I should probably mention right here that these weren't just petty street thugs that Miriam was going after. She was hunting down members of a Mexican cartel um, near where they lived in San Fernando, Mexico. Now, like I said, this was a common thing in that area. Um, They would unearth, like, mass graves and... All of these people had died at the hands of cartels. They kidnapped an entire bus of people and killed them all. And they found a grave with like 200 people in a grave. Um, And it had became such a common thing that um, if the graves didn't contain more than like 20 bodies, the media didn't even find that it was newsworthy to report. I know. My thought on that was that everybody's important, you know? I mean, I I don't, I didn't get that. But, um, so, you know, chasing after the cartel, this made what she was doing, like, even more dangerous than just hunting down petty criminals, you know, like these petty street thugs, you know? Um, now, at one point, she even sat down with one of the cartel members at a local restaurant to plead for karen's return he promised he would help if she gave him two thousand dollars but he never helped her she never um he never did you know try to help her get karen back or anything and later that year karen's body was found at an abandoned ranch so her daughter had 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 died and she probably had been dead for quite some time and they were just still trying to demand money making the family think you know that she was still alive she probably did they probably did honestly like yeah now miriam she was 56 years old but she wasn't like this little quiet lady um she wasn't gonna let her daughter's killers go without punishment and you know they would plead for help from like the police you know around them and i i don't know if they were so scared of the cartels or there was just so many cases that they just couldn't work them all but anyway she basically just had to go um after these people by herself but now like i said she was very smart about all this because she planned it all out she made excuses to meet with like grandmothers and cousins and like other unsuspecting family members of these suspects to get any information on them that she could um she walked around in one neighborhood looking for one of these guys dressed like a healthcare worker like she was doing these surveys until she finally found which house was his um she would write down everything like in a little notebook 
and keep a track of everything. And over three years, Tom, she tracked down 10 of those people that was responsible for her daughter's disappearance and death. Now, the others that were responsible were no longer living for one reason or another. And the courage this woman had was extraordinary. One of the um, cartel members that she captured, he was like near the um, American border selling roses. And when she approached him, he must have recognized her because he took off running. Well, she took off running after him. Yeah. And then she tackled him, knocked him to the ground. Now, this is a 56-year-old woman. Um, but she knocked him to the ground. She held her pistol to his throat and told him that if he moved, she would shoot him. So, I mean, she had... She was a brave woman taking she on people. 56. Yeah, taking on people in the cartel. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, now, those that were responsible, they had, like, tried to escape what they had done, and they had taken on new lives. Like, one had become a car salesperson, another one was a taxi driver, one was a born-again Christian, and one even became a babysitter. <laughs> now, can you imagine this person babysitting your kids? After all that time. After being a member of the cartel, you're going to let them... But, of course, these people didn't know. But yeah. can you imagine finding out later a member of the cartel had been babysitting your children? Exactly. That's been horrible. I, I know. It's, it's scary. Yeah. Now, Miriam started to fear for her life because she figured that the cartel had had enough and they'd soon come after her because you know that sooner or later they was gonna figure out who she was yeah. she asked the government for armed guards like to to keep her um right. to keep her safe because she was scared they were coming after her but they wouldn't help her out and sadly on mother's day of 2017 miriam's husband found her laying face down on the street and her hand was inside her purse next to her pistol. She died. Oh. I know. It, that's heartbreaking. But she said that she would do it till the day she died. And, I mean, she basically did. That's true. Um, I mean, she caught 10 of them. I don't know how many in total. One time I read 20. Um, so, I mean, if she got half of them and then the rest mm-hmm. of them were dead, she did. She did a good job. She did more than the police were doing, you know. That's true. Now... I think it's, like, really sad that she basically met the same demise that her daughter did after going after her daughter's killers. And I believe she knew all along that that could probably happen because we all know that the cartels, they don't play around, you know. Exactly. Um, It's organized crime, so usually, you know, they don't put up with that type of stuff. Um, Now, would I go and do the same thing, like, for my kids? <laughs> not Alex. No. Uh, <laughs> no. No, I would like to think that I would. Um I guess it's kind of hard to say what you would do in a situation or how you'd react until you're in that situation yourself. Yeah. You know. Um Now, I'm not naive enough to say that that could never happen here to my family. Um Now, we don't have cartels here. We do have plenty of organized crime. Mm-hmm. But um, there's plenty of evil out there that can claim a person's life in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, there are cities in America that have, like, really high murder cases. And I was looking when I was thinking about that. I, I honestly thought that 
because you hear so much going on in Chicago, you would think it was like the number one on that list. But when I was going through that list, Chicago, it was like the top 65, I guess, uh, yeah. most, mur- you know, cities with the most murders or whatever. And it was pretty way up there, like not even close to the top. It was like down, well, I guess I shouldn't say way up there. I guess it was down, below, you know, way down low, yeah. lower than I thought it would be because, I mean, there was cities in in South Carolina that ranked higher up on the list than Chicago did. Um, one of them is Columbia, hmm. and you know that's not too far from us. Yeah. Um, that it Columbia ranked seventeenth in the nation, and North Charleston ranks fourteenth. That's crazy. I know, and I mean honestly, I, especially lately, you hear a lot going on in Columbia. People being killed or whatever but yeah honestly i still thought chicago would have been like number one yeah um but it's not so i mean it just goes to show that nowhere is like 100 percent safe anymore exactly. yeah it's really not never safe well that's all we've got for today um thanks for listening in don't forget if you have an episode idea or questions or comments or anything like that send us an email to 3m podcast 3 at gmail.com. Now, don't forget to tune back in on Wednesday for the midweek minis and on Saturdays for the weekend weird files. Y'all have a good rest of your week.